Hey everyone, welcome to my show, my so-called fabulous. I'm Tiffany Blackman and welcome, welcome. How are you all today? Oh my goodness, it's so great to come to you today, talk to you. You're seeing us perhaps on YouTube and guess what? It is actually a Saturday afternoon, and that is the time that I could get these women together, these fabulous women that are actually my sisters here at TCU, uh, Alpha Chi Omega sisters, and my daughter, Kennedy's here too. So welcome to the show, Vivian Noyd. Thank you. Thank you. Marissa. Thank you for having us. Oh my goodness. And Kennedy. Hello. Oh my goodness. So great to have you all here today. Finally, we're all under one roof. It's so good to see you. Who would have thought? It feels like forever since I last saw you and Kennedy. I know. I know. And you know, with social media, it looks like it's like we see each other all the time, but we don't see each other ever. So I think the last time I saw you was at, well, maybe it was both of you. Well, I saw you at Kennedy's drive-by birthday, you know, from afar. Hey. And, um, but then the TCU fashion show. Oh my gosh. Wait, was that February? Yeah. Okay, TCU does a fashion show benefiting the women's... Women's Center of Tarrant County. The Women's Center of Tarrant County. So... Alpha Chi Omega does it. Are we... Are we... Oh, sorry. Alpha Chi Omega. Are we planning that? So we're currently planning it. I think the plan, at least for right now, is to delay it until April because obviously if we leave TCU in November, we don't know when we're coming back. So TCU hasn't announced if we're trying for January, trying for February. So in the nature of trying to make the show happen, I think we're going to try to bump it back to April. Absolutely. Because we raised almost, we raised a hundred thousand, right? This Uh, year? A little bit over actually. So we raised 145 at the show, 145,000. And then we had enough donations after the conclusion of the show to hit 150,000. You're kidding me. Mm -hmm. I mean, just so that just warms my heart so much because when I was at TCU and Alpha Chi Omega, we didn't have, I mean, philanthropy was there obviously, but it just, we didn't have the wheels that you girls have and I mean the fortitude that you have to make this happen I mean I think about it the the accounting the organization the actual fashion show which is one of your little um Sonia did the fashion show portion she did, yes. and so just so much the fortitude and everything so we hope that happens bottom yes. line yes. Yes. cross your fingers cross yes. our fingers on that so let's back up so um I was with some of your sorority sisters spring break and we were watching television the last day before we were coming back home from Cabo. And the girls were going, oh, my gosh, Harvard just canceled school. This in the Northeast canceled, canceled. And I looked at these girls and said, TCU will never, mark my word, cancel school. <laughs> and they delayed uh, spring break. We came back. And you girls, I mean, where were you spring break? Where were you? So I was home. I was home in Seattle visiting my family, and I actually decided to come back early from spring break to get some stuff done before the rest of the semester. And so I was on a plane when TCU sent the email delaying school. So when I landed in Dallas-Fort Worth, I found out that I had an extra week of spring break. And so initially I was excited, but then I kind of realized that extra week was most likely going to roll over into never coming back. So I I had already been at Fort Worth and was Deciding to stay in Fort Worth for the remainder of the semester, regardless of what happened. Because you're from Washington. Yes. Okay. We're going to get to all this, how you all ended up here. But being from Washington, coming back, and so did you... Well, we'll get back. To, we'll get to where you went. So tell us, Marissa, where you were spring break. So I was at Walt Disney World in Orlando. 
Um, I was visiting some friends that I met while I was down working there on my Disney college program my sophomore year. Um, So I was with one of my friends, and she has a little sister that's a year younger than we are that goes to school in Ohio. And so they actually got canceled before we did. So right when they got canceled, I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, I'm so jealous. Like, I wish we had an extra (laughs) week of spring break. And then, like, a few hours later, I got the email saying we were having – delayed, but like Viv, I was also coming back early. I think just like the day after she did. And so she came, picked me up at the airport and we were like, well, what are we going to do for a week now? And I remember texting Kennedy because I was like nervous. Y'all weren't going to get to come back because all of the rumors are flying. And so I was texting Kennedy and I'm like, are y'all okay? Do you guys get to come back from Cabo? Like what is happening in Mexico? Right. So yeah, that's where I was. And Kennedy, do you remember all that, how that shook out? I mean, what were you girls thinking? Because you had your little there and you had, I mean, what were you thinking? Well, I mean, initially I think we were all kind of going, oh my gosh, another two weeks of spring break. Let's extend our trip. Like in Cabo, why not? (laughs) That was our initial thought. And then it was kind of, you know, one of my friends was going to New York, which was the hotspot. And, you know, she was going to go visit her brother and her mom was like, you're not going to New York. That's not happening. And so she was like, I guess I'll, you know, everyone's going home for the that next week and a half or whatever. And I just remember we were all kind of sitting there going, oh man, I really hope TCU does the two weeks. Like I really hope they do it. And then I think whenever it happened, we were kind of like, wait a minute, now what? Because we really hadn't thought through the whole like, okay, once that happens, something else will probably happen to make it go further. And so then we were like, okay, well, spring breaks for however many months, especially at first we were like, okay, we'll go back for sure. But never did. Never did. Well, and you know, I'm, I have interviewed people on the show with little children. I mean, that are homeschooled elementary, middle school, and I can't relate to that. I cannot relate to that, but I've lived it with you girls. You know, I've lived with the higher education TCU. And so I know what your, the emotions, at least you girls have had. I can only imagine homeschooling your children when you're dual careered or one career or whatever the case may be, how difficult that is. So this summer, okay, in the spring, when they put everything online, correct? It was virtual. How difficult was it for you? And I'm going to start with you, Vivian. Was it difficult? What was your, what was the emotion that, what, I mean, what, what was going on in your brain? I think for me, the beginning was probably disbelief. I didn't, I had never imagined that TC was going to cancel. And I remember hearing about COVID back in January, just because I read a lot of news. And I remember thinking, that's so weird. I can't believe that's shutting down an entire country. And so when it eventually moved to the United States and then caused all of the colleges to shut down, it was, I think, really, really surreal. And at that time, Marissa and I were living together. And so we, I think there was a lot of sadness. There was a lot of, I mean, upset feelings, but there was also just a lot of uncertainty because it's not just that you're losing the academic experience. I think something that people forget about is when you move into a virtual space, you're losing that personal experience that you have with your professors and that you have with your teachers. And at least for me, it was the reason I came to TCU. And so I think that there was a lot of the feelings of being upset and also being nervous and missing that academic and social experience, I think was the big thing. And even though we were living together, our friends, kind of like Kennedy was saying, were scattered all around across the country and we had no idea when we were going to see people again. So right. just a lot of, I think, missing the people you love and 
missing the place that you love, even though, I mean, we were down the street from TCU, but Mm -hmm. it wasn't the campus that we had left back in March. Right. Marissa, what were your feelings? Yeah, I think Viv like summed it up really well. I think for us, it was a lot of uncertainty. Um, I know for me, so I'm a journalism major and was in the advanced news production class, which films the weekly newscast. And so we were up in the air for a few weeks trying to figure out, are we going to keep doing this? Can we do it from home? If we can do it from home, how are we going to do it from home? And, you know, it's still like a class at the end of the day. Like, it's not something we were just doing for fun. So we all still had our teacher was like, okay, well, I have to figure out, like, how am I going to grade you guys on things? And obviously working with us, which was nice, but it wasn't like Viv said, it wasn't the TCU we left in March and came back to. And so it was almost harder because like covering stories and stuff like people weren't around and it was harder like with schedules and stuff but like I don't know like for me I guess I found classes a lot easier (laughs) because it was such a switch so fast that a lot of teachers were like okay like no more final exams no more quizzes no more tests like we're kind of switching to this hybrid like papers and essays and stuff like that which like for me personally is a lot easier and so as uncertain as it was I still like was able to like I think I think living with other college students helped because we were all in the same mindset of like, oh, at the end of the day, we still like, I think we were like figuring out, okay, so I have class at noon, I have class at two and like kind of like making sure like we were like not disturbing each other. If like somebody was about to take a test, it would be like, hey, like, can y'all like keep it quiet? Like I'm about to like go into my test because for my Italian test, our teacher recorded us. And so she was like, if I hear any noises, like you guys are in trouble. And I'm like, (laughs) oh my gosh. So, I mean, it was just uncertain and not knowing what was next. And I remember thinking, well, are we even going to get to go back in August? Mm. Was I think was where the fear was coming from because I was like, well, it's my senior year is coming up and I don't want to lose that. Right. Kennedy, what were your emotions and feelings? I think both of, you know, the girls summed it up really well. And I, I mean, as you know, I don't do well with uncertainty at all. Like I shy away from it so heavily. And so the uncertainty of just classes and, you know, moving from the in-person setting to online, especially so quickly, like professors all did it differently. You know what I mean? One would have a zoom class. One was like, you know what, to heck with it. We're not doing classes anymore. Just do this online. You'll be good. So for me, it was just such an adjustment trying to figure out how to do all of that. And then also trying to figure out, okay, like, you know, how am I going to see my friends? Are we going to do that? Cause everyone's so scattered. And then it's also the whole quarantine thing. It's like, I wanted to be responsible and stay in my house. And so I think it did get to that point where it was, you know, not loneliness, but, you know, missing the people that you love, you know, I was with my family, but missing that college kid connection kind of. And I think when y'all mentioned that it wasn't the campus that y'all left in, you know, March, even today, like I walk on campus, it is so crazy. There's like, it's so empty, even in the middle of passing periods, which it usually would take you like 20 minutes to drive through campus. It's a breeze. So it's just crazy because it's so different now. So with you saying what you said and Marissa, this, this uh, it's resonating with me. So the classes are easier or it was, it was for your learning style. So here's a question for you with any, any school, not just Texas Christian university. Do you think the time that we started with COVID until now that your education has been diluted? Yes. I think it depends. Yeah. I think it kind of depends on the class and how much work the teach, like 
I will praise teachers on and on. I think teachers are amazing people and people that go into that profession are amazing. But I think, I mean, in their defense, like it was a crazy time, but a lot of them, at least I know speaking at TCU really kind of seemed to step up to the plate and really were like, we're still going to make this work. Like we're still going to be able to learn and stuff. And I mean, like I was in classes like political theory and then it got switched to online. And I'm sure Ken's taken that class and can tell you that's not the easiest class. And so just being able to see the like, teachers you know adjust and help students more than they were helping um it seemed like almost even before COVID hit like it almost seemed like the teachers cared more for us if that makes sense right see I would agree with that on most teachers I did have you know one teacher who that was a pretty negative experience for me just because it was seriously so like we're just going to have you do whatever it is to get done. You know what I mean? Yeah. So for me, it felt like less learning and she, or it was actually a he, but truly was just so like, you know, write this paper, turn it in. We're fine. Like literally minimal communication afterwards. And so I will say the vast majority of professors have done really well. And like you said, stepped up to the plate, but there are the exceptions sadly. And so I think it's for those people who have those negative experiences, it's hard to focus on like all the good when it's like, man, it really is hard because I was so excited for this class, but I really didn't end up learning much, but no, yeah. Again. And I agree with that. Even, I mean, now, like in this, we're back from like what was quarantine. And I mean, yeah, we're still like quarantine and social distancing and stuff. But I mean, most of my classes are still online this semester. Mm -hmm. And I would agree with that. There are some teachers that seem to go the extra mile to help their students and some that are like, okay, well, we're just going to learn to get this done and get through the class right now. Right. And, and you do have to remember too, but you, you take it, you take your, you're committed at the profession you choose. And I do know from talking to people, my, my friends that are homeschooling children, that the teachers have it down now right. that, in, that now that they've started back in the fall, the elementary, secondary high school teachers, have, they've got it down and they were just thrown into this. And so were the professors. And I mean, they should have it down now, professors, and you're choosing to be an instructor and an educator. So, I mean, any thoughts on that, Viv? Yeah. I mean, I think it's a tough situation and I have a little bit of a unique experience because I have three younger siblings. One of my sisters is at TCU and then I have a high school aged little sister and a middle school aged younger brother. So I've seen it all. I've wow. seen, you know, what that looks like for pretty much every type of school. My little brother goes to a private school and my sister goes to a public high school. And I think that I've been really blessed at the collegiate level, just like them to have teachers that are bending over backwards with, you know, arguably one of the toughest situations to happen to teaching, you know, doing everything that they can to reach us. But I think that, you know, every teacher is in a bad situation. And I think no amount of weeks or months, even the entire summer could have prepared teachers for where we are, because to me, it's not even that we're back from summer and we're back from quarantine. We are constantly living under the fear that TCU is going to close. And mm -hmm. so to me, professors are not only planning for the existing semester where we're either online or we're sitting in the physical classroom, but they're also having to plan for the off chance that we end up going home. And so to me, I think that I feel so strongly that my teachers are doing the very, very best they can with the situation that they have. And I can't imagine trying to plan for a digital semester where everybody's home, a digital semester where half of people are at TCU oh. an at home semester where everybody's home. I just think it's, it's one of those crazy situations where kind of like Kennedy was saying, if you're type A, if you like planning and you like organization, and if you're like probably all of us and like a calendar, this yes. is not the time to be alive. This is not, the, this is not the season for you. It is not the time to be alive. Exactly. I know this is a challenge. You know, and I 
had a much different college experience than the three of you. And I've just watched you from afar. And, and, um, my college experience was, um, it was, I mean, I mean, it was go to every party you could and go out. And I mean, it was just a different college experience. It really was. I mean, and dating and all these other things and dating. That's a, that's another story. <laughs> that's another podcast. That's another <laughs> podcast. But I've got to yeah, write that don't down. invite me to that one. Um, yeah. Let's put a pin in that one yeah. right now. <laughs> no, um, but, but you know, my college experience is much different and it looks differently than yours. That's not everyone, but that's the three women sitting in this room because you girls are so close with your sorority sisters and your friends. And last year, I might have been not, was it, it was your freshman year when they stopped, or you're all seniors, but when they stopped really having um, fraternity, sorority, date nights. Date nights. Yeah, and that was our freshman year. I mean, when they started the, I mean, mixers were the thing every Friday night. You were at a mixer in 1980, whatever year it was, 87, I guess. I don't even know what year. How old am I? So, um, I know, ask Paul every time. So, you know, the mixer, Paul. Okay, you are what age, Paul, my producer? We're going to ask you what you you went I'm to. Old. You're no, you're not old. Okay, when were you in college? And were you was your experience like mine, like where there was parties constantly? And I'm not judging. I'm just saying that's what the environment was. And I was at TCU. I mean, yeah. I mean, I was kind of a loser, so I didn't really go to those. <laughs> oh, you weren't a loser. But wait, you were, okay. okay, you were at West Texas A&M, right? Yeah. Okay, so you were, um, you studied music. So mm-hmm. was, it was, was that the environment? I mean, like. I mean, yeah, it was. It was energy. Parties I mean, Not all that the y'all time. don't have energy, but parties. <laughs> parties all the time. Yeah, and going to the parties. Yeah. I mean, and seriously, like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I'm yeah, there were parties every single night. <laughs> yeah, we're yeah. missing out. Well, no. see, I think it's a TCU thing though, because I mean, yeah. I have a lot of friends that go to like public universities in Indiana, and that's they party Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and sometimes Sunday. So, I mean, I really, I think it's a TCU thing more than anything because I have watched them through all four years, and I'm just like, I, I, I can't relate to that. Like that is not something we do at TCU. I mean, even since our freshman year, it's not like it's kind of changed. It's had to have changed before we were there because it's been the same way since we stepped on campus freshman year. Oh, for sure. And in all honesty, I don't think I would want it that way. I wouldn't either. I think part of it is the the TCU people are very, I don't know if competitive is the right word, but we're the vast majority of students are very, very driven individuals. And so I think that the rigor of TCU truly, and I'm not saying the rigor anywhere else is different, but I just think that we all have such a desire. Like we're spending so much money to be here, like, or we're on scholarship. We all have such a desire to, you know, maintain our grades have fun while we're doing it. But that, you know, sometimes can't happen on a Tuesday, Wednesday, so, or Monday nights. So I always refer to it as like the TCU bubble. Like when you are at TCU, when you're a TCU student, what maybe would be kind of like a normal college experience is not what I think the average TCU student achieves. And I think the word competitive is really fair. I think that at TCU, there is a really, really strong culture that pushes you not only to be successful academically, but to be involved. You know, you're in six or seven clubs, you're in Greek life, you are in an honor society for your major, you are, you know, a double major with three minors. And so I always kind of laugh because when I talk to some of my friends that go to both public and private schools, but larger schools than TCU, I don't think there's the same pressing culture of 
it's not, you know, you can't just do one thing well. You want to do seven things incredibly. So I think with parties, that may be some of the reason why TCU, the party culture has diminished a little bit, because mm-hmm. how do you do eight things at once, get straight A's in your five majors with your four minors and also go out Monday through Sunday? Well, and I'm going to say this. I'm going to put a disclaimer on here, because those of you that are listening, that are my followers and community that go to different universities or went to different universities, it's not all the same. <laughs> this is how they are perceiving it. Oh, it's, for sure. what yes. I'm saying. Oh, I mean, yeah. it's not like I know I'm thinking of people going to A&M or wherever and they're going, that's not true. But this is how we are. We are or you are going through this at this point right now. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. So I just had to say that disclaimer. Smart, right? <laughs> I got to say that stuff. Right? Always. OK, so um, let me ask you this. And uh, you have to think about this. Are you afraid of COVID? Oh, I can tell you straight off the bat now. <laughs> <laughs> but wait, but let me back up with why. Marissa. <laughs> Okay. I didn't even get it out of my mouth. Well, I, like I know the, where I, I was no, going. I like how the preface is, now y'all are going to no, maybe need to think about this versus like, absolutely not. So, I said, now let's think about this. I, I am 98% positive I've already had it. Um, I got back from, Viv can tell you, she lived with me through whatever sickness I had. Lucky I me. got back from Orlando, woke up the next morning. I will always remember this. This is like a speech I'm probably going to give at your wedding. I woke up feverish. And I go, Oh no, Oh no, Oh no. I go to my bathroom. I take my temperature. I have a 103 degree fever. Like this was right after spring break. Yes. So oh, this okay. is like middle yeah. of March. Yeah. I'm in our kitchen getting ready to go to the urgent care. And Viv comes in. She's like, why are you up so early? I go, stay away from me. <laughs> I'm like, back up. I'm like, I have a high fever. I go, I'm about to go to urgent care. Like I'll be back. I'll let you know what I have. So I go to urgent care. They test me for strep. They test me for flu. Those both come come back negative. Um, The doctor goes, can I test you for mono? And I go, yeah, like, of course, like, that's fine. But I'm just going to let you know I've had mono before. I had it when I was in fourth grade. Um, And isn't mono one of those, like, sicknesses that you get and you're going to test positive no matter what? Like, if you tested me right now, wouldn't I come back positive? And he's like, oh, no, no, no. And he's like, and I don't believe you had mono in fourth grade. (laughs) Again, this is an urgent care doctor, doesn't know my medical history. And I go, he's like, I don't know who diagnosed you, but they were probably wrong. And I go, oh, well, it was my pediatrician. Like, they did a ton of blood work. Like, I don't think they were wrong. Test me for mono. It comes back positive. I have mono. Okay. So my mom comes. Viv, I haven't even told you this. I Oh, no. Surprise. Surprise. Um, My mom comes you know, as moms do, gets completely terrified, comes, wants to take care not of me. Not me, right? <laughs> oh, <laughs> certainly not. Kennedy, sorry, I guess you're on your own. <laughs> she comes back, you know, she's like, I want, like, I feel so bad. Let me come take care of you. Flies in, comes, takes care of me. A few weeks later, starts feeling sick. Oh. <gasps> Goes to the doctor. She has like a low grade fever, sinus issues. That was it. They go, oh, you have a sinus infection. She's like, okay, I can manage it a sinus infection. A week goes by, her fever doesn't go away. She doesn't get better. She goes back. This is now like beginning of April. Um, She goes, they go, okay, well, since it's not going away. And now like coronavirus has officially become like a thing at this point. Cause when her and I first got sick, it was still like, oh, the coronavirus, whatever that is. Testing, we don't need testing. Um, She goes back, they're like, okay, well, we're gonna test you for coronavirus. Uh, Her test was positive. (gasps) Um, And so she blames it on me. (laughs) But I will say she, the only symptoms she had was a very low fever and then she couldn't like smell or taste anything. So she had the very mild, mild symptoms, which obviously we're very fortunate for. And again, like my symptoms of whatever I had. I don't think we'll ever know. Um, I mean, Viv can tell you it was more like a fluey kind of mm-hmm. sickness. I was really just kind of bedridden for two weeks and um, laid there, slept a lot and was in a lot of pain and 
was, you know, the typical like fever up and down kind of feeling. Um, so am I, I wouldn't say I'm scared of getting it for myself. I'm more scared of giving, getting it and giving it to other people. I think that's my fear is I don't want to get it. And then, you know, infect them or infect, you know, my professors or infect the rest of the TCU community. But I think, no, I know like if I were to get it, I would be able to recuperate and get better. And, you know, but there's not everyone feels that way and can do that. So I think it's not that I'm scared for myself. I'm more scared for other people. Viv, did you, you didn't get sick and y'all were living. So yeah, we were living together. I mean, in really close proximity and I never had any kind of symptoms, but I also, where I was living in the summer was exposed to multiple people that had COVID and test negative like three, four, five times. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if I would go as far as to say, I'm not afraid of COVID. I, unlike in Texas, COVID was a huge issue in Washington. That was one of the first areas of the outbreak. And so for me, I mean, I've seen the impact of COVID-19 and fair disclaimer, I don't live in Seattle. I tell people Seattle because if you know where Wenatchee, Washington is, I'll be very impressed, (laughs) but I'm from Wenatchee. It's the apple capital of the world. My favorite fun fact I know. It is the most apples. We have a big apple sign. The most apples. (laughs) And I I went to visit her. They have a huge sign that like claims they are the apple. I like to call it the apple capital. (laughs) The apple capital of the world. And are they good there? I need to know. Great. Oh my gosh. You can buy Wenatchee apples, humble brag, in like Target, Kroger, everywhere down. Down here. Shout out. Yeah. Shout out to my hometown. <laughs> but uh, it's a huge agricultural community, obviously, because of all the apple production. And so there were entire factories that completely shut down because of COVID. And so I think I saw families, communities, like people absolutely decimated by COVID. Because if you don't if you don't have paid sick leave and you work in a factory, let's say packaging apples first mm. to mill, it is a lot bigger deal to get COVID and be bedridden for two weeks than it is for college students like us. And so I don't know as far as if I would go as far as to say that I'm not afraid of it. I think like Marissa, I am so conscious of giving it to somebody else. Mm -hmm. I am so worried about that. And I'm really lucky because I only have two in-person classes and both my teachers are really young, you know, really relatively healthy people. But I do worry when I walk on campus and I see, you know, professors, workers at TCU, support staff, all those people that don't have the option to be zooming in to provo- to provide their services. I do worry about them and I I wish that other people would worry about them and you know maybe not just worry about them but show in their actions that they're that they're worried about them. That's incredible. People. That is that is so responsible. Are you okay? What is your thought? I I've watched you all summer. I mean, um Viv, I think you summed it up. I mean, and I really had never thought about it in the sense of like you know we're college students. I, all my classes are online. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's like we, we can't possibly get any more virtual than I already am. Right. So for me, it's, you know, that's not the end of the world, but I don't want that to happen. You know what I mean? Right. Like I want to contain it, keep it contained. And like you said, for those people who can't just zoom into work, it's like, are you kidding? I, a college kid who can just take my classes from my room quarantine, like I would rather get COVID than someone like that have to, and not be able to get their paycheck for two weeks when I could just do it. And it's not the end of the world. You know what I mean? It's like, I just wish people, like you said, would realize that and take it seriously and, you know, stop politicizing it honestly, and just realize like, this is an issue. We need to fix it. We need to, you know, be responsible. And so to say I'm scared of it, is not saying I'm scared of getting it. I don't think I'm more so cautious and not so scared of getting it. I'm more so scared of it continuing to spread and continuing to 
kind of throw the world into shambles. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. We went to, we had a, a, a smaller than normal family vacation. We typically go uh, to Cabo, but we went to a, um, it, it, right outside Austin. And after we returned, we were with my family. My sister is a healthcare provider. Another family member is a healthcare provider. And so we thought it would be socially responsible to be tested. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm around so many people daily. I didn't stop working outside my home. I, I did work outside my home. So we all decided as a family, well, the three of us to get tested. So we called our internal medicine physician and I said, we want to come in and be tested. And this was June, mid, late June. Mm-hmm. And she said, no, if you have, do you have the symptoms? No. Um, do you have fever? She asked me all these things and I said, no, none of us do, but it's our social responsibility to be tested and not mm-hmm. for me at least. And, and she said, no, um, there's so few tests and right. we're saving those tests. And Kennedy was very much advocating for getting tested. She's like, you know, I just want to tell them I'm, I was around someone. But my sister, which is a healthcare provider, she just said, you know, there's not enough tests. Right. And there's just not. And at that point, there wasn't. And she told me, my sister told me a few weeks ago, she goes, we still don't have enough tests in rural Texas mm-hmm. for the number of people. So we didn't. And, um, and we didn't have symptoms. Now, I'm with you girls. Back in or April... I didn't, we didn't really know the symptoms. It was all hearsay. And, and I, as a living, as a chef for making uh, my, my career, I did not have, am I wrong or wrong here? I could not smell or taste for six weeks. And oh, my I, mom would tell you, you had it then. Yeah, like she 1, will a thousand percent be like, oh, she had it. If those had were her it. symptoms. But I didn't realize until one day we had a friend and I said, I, because I was testing recipes the whole time and it was a very spicy recipe. Oh my gosh, and, it lit me up. Yes. And I said, girl, <laughs> I said, I can't taste this. I, Greg Kennedy, I can't, I can't taste it. And there, our friend that was, was there that day, she just went, you know the you know the symptoms. I went of what? Right. I still didn't right. know, and still didn't. So I did go, and we were tested. Had the antibodies negative, negative. Uh, uh-uh. I just didn't. I don't think they had it down. See the way my mom found out. This is so funny. Like the, when she like connected the dots was. Chris Cuomo, a CNN news anchor, got it. And so he was talking about like, oh, I can't smell. I can't taste. And I, I, (laughs) she calls me and she goes, Marissa, she goes, Chris Cuomo can't smell or taste either. (laughs) And he tested positive. She goes, I have to have it. She goes, I have to go get tested now. If he can't smell or taste and I can't smell or taste, like, she's like, maybe I have it. And I'm like, oh God, mom. Okay. Okay. Like, calm down. (laughs) Right. Right. You'll be fine. I promise. And so, yeah, like, it's like little things like that. When we didn't know the symptoms, it was you know, like people were like hearsay, like, oh, but did you hear this? Like, this is a symptom. And like, and now I'm like, everything's a symptom. It seems like nowadays. Pretty much. I mean, they had new symptoms, you know, every couple of weeks. Like I remember three or four weeks ago when I was home with my family, I had tested negative prior to flying back to Wenatchee and I was sitting at home and I, my throat was hurting and I was like, mom, my throat hurts. And she, she was like, oh, well, did you know that's a symptom of COVID? And I was like, don't tell me that, mom. You know, Don't tell me that. Because I think that, I mean, from my understanding, it manifests differently in everybody. And some people present really, really dramatic symptoms. And some people like Chris Cuomo and Marla Stacey lose their you know, sense of smell and taste. But the lack of tests really scares me because mm-hmm. I think there are a lot of people like us who, and I think you guys can attest to this. We have friends that are like, oh yeah, I had COVID. Like I tested positive, but I had no symptoms. I hung out at my house for two weeks, you know, no symptoms and felt great. And so to me, the thing that I'm very fearful of at TCU right now is yes, there are people getting tested and being responsible, but then what about the people who don't know they were exposed? 
obviously then aren't getting tested and are walking around as an asymptomatic carrier, giving it to other people who are engaging in socially conscious behavior. So mm-hmm. I understand the lack of tests. I understand wanting to prioritize those for people that are demonstrating symptoms. But I think especially on college campuses, I hope this semester they're planning on being a little more liberal with the tests because I think it's maybe better safe than sorry is like the motto of the year. <laughs> <laughs> better safe than sorry is right. Well, and I, we have a family friend that she is a healthcare provider and was tested positive. Not one symptom. I'm telling you for 14 days, not one symptom. Her um, significant other, he 1000% sick. I mean, sick, 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 lost 14 pounds was, I mean, was very, very ill living in the same, in the same home, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And living in that same home and how it affects, you know, now it's blood type, same blood type. I mean, it's just, it's so odd. It's the strangest, you know, we'll look back at this someday and just, I mean, I'm I'm sure healthcare is just thinking, I mean, and the researchers are shaking their head for sure. So I understand you, y'all have been back for a week now. Is it a week? About five days. About yeah. five days. I think I moved in a, a week ago today. I was moving into my apartment. Yeah. Okay. So you're back at TCU. You were, uh, Marissa, are you living with anyone? So I am living on my own this year, which wasn't really a choice I made. I was actually supposed to be in Washington, D.C. this semester um, doing an internship and a few classes um, for the semester, which I was really looking forward to going for, you know, an election year, getting to be in D.C. What more exciting time for a future journalist than right now to be in Washington, D.C. Um, But it was the middle of June. TCU emails us and goes, so, yeah, we canceled all our study abroad programs a while ago, (laughs) but we just decided we're going to cancel all domestic programs as well. Middle of June, Kennedy had just filled her last room about two weeks prior. Literally, she texts um, me and she goes, hey, are you looking for anyone to live with y'all? And I said, you should have texted me a week ago. Yeah. We just found someone. Um, so everyone's living situation was done. Viv's in the house uh, being president of the chapter and stuff. And so, you know, my my mom goes on the TCU parent site, which is, I honestly think, the death of her. Uh, but she posts and she's like, my daughter, like, just got canceled. She needs a place to live. I have a few roommate horror stories uh, for another time, of course. <laughs> But so another all, podcast. Yeah, yes. another podcast, Tiff. I guess you're gonna have to invite us back. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and she's like, Oh, Marissa, like all these girls want you to live with them. <laughs> like Marissa said no. And I'm like, Mom, like, you know, like we've done random a few times now in my career. I don't know if the random roommate for this year is the right choice for me, especially with everything going on and you know, wanting to be safe and wanting like I don't know what any of these people's you know, values are what they're expecting to do with their year. And so at the end of the day, we decided it was going to be best for me to live on my own. Um, so I'm in an apartment by myself, which so far so good. I'm really enjoying it. I kind of am liking, you know, having my own space and getting to kind of choose and whatnot. Um, so yeah, I am all by myself and just kind of living it out. (laughs) I don't have a roommate to get me sick though. So I guess that's a win. That's That's right. That is a win. So you're living in the house, Alf Kamega House. You're oh, yeah. president. Thank you. Thank, <laughs> Thank you. you for your service. Oh my gosh. Thank you for we your service. We would not be here right now if Viv wasn't president. <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh, my gosh. Oh, Vivian doing the Lord's work for Alpha Chi Omega. <laughs> she is saving our chapter. <laughs> she is saving our chapter. Oh, my oh, gosh. No. Okay. So we are all Alpha Chi Omegas. And yes. So how is the house? Okay. Tell us what's, I mean, what is TCU has 13? Is it 13? 13. 13. 13 sororities. Yes. And so how's it going? I mean, you know, I, I really feel lucky to live in the house right now. And I think there's a lot of 
negativity around Greek life right now and COVID, some of it very deserved, <laughs> some of it not so deserved. Um, but I, both my parents were Greek in college. And so I always knew I wanted to be in a sorority and live in the house. And that was really important to me. So when I made the decision to run for president, that was, you know, kind of part of the job. I never imagined I'd be living in the house during a global pandemic. But I, I think in Alpha Chi, we've been really, really lucky to have women that seem to understand the gravity of the situation, at least for the most part. And I mean, we don't have guests in the house this semester. So unless you are an Alpha Chi Omega, you're not coming in the house. And for the women that don't live in the house, so like Marissa and Kennedy, if they were going to come visit the chapter facility, it would be on the first floor. And so we wear masks in the common rooms. If you're outside of your room, you're wearing a mask. And so I'd be lying if I said it wasn't difficult. It's definitely difficult. And it doesn't maybe necessarily feel like a home because you're walking around in a mask. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that the opportunity to live with other people is, has not lost on me how special it is after having been in quarantine and not being able to see the people that I love and the people that I want to see. So it's difficult. Definitely. There's a lot of rules, but I think that I will probably look back on this and laugh and tell the story in the future and be really thankful for the time that I am getting to spend with the people that I love in the house, even if it's, you know, fully masked up. Up and six feet away. Right. So, um, I, I, and Kennedy, you are with five total. I'm with, so there's five of us and three of them are nursing majors. Okay. Okay. There you go. Okay. One of them is pre-med. Okay. Okay. And so, <laughs> so Kennedy's going to get sick. <laughs> so Jeez. we are, we're pretty adequately social distance in our home. Um, more, it's kind of funny because we were talking the other day about how I guess the nursing program emailed all the nursing girls. Yes. My little's a nursing major. I read the email. Appar- it's terrifying. It was intense. It was very much just like, you know, we're catching wind that some of y'all are going out and going to parties and not social distancing at restaurants and yada, yada. And long story short, if we see a picture of you in any of those situations without a mask, not social distancing, you are out of this program. You are no longer a nursing major. And, you know, their biggest thing was we are the future of nursing. So it's like we are supposed to be the people that kind of are, you know, the example. And so they're kind of going, you know, you're not going to be doing this. And so my roommate was saying, you know, someone asked, well, how do you do clinicals if you get tested positive for COVID? The woman responded and said, well, you shouldn't be getting positive for COVID because you should be wearing a mask and social distancing. And so, you know, luckily we all kind of have the same understanding of, you know, we're not going out. We're not being silly. We're not putting anyone in the house at risk because, you know, God forbid, I come home with COVID and give it to one of my roommates. It's like, she didn't do anything, but she could be kicked out of the nursing program. It's Mm -hmm. like, that just to me is something that I would never risk for them. I remember my little was saying, it's like, she's like the nursing program basically said, we won't fail you, but you'll fail yourself. It's kind of what it was like. Wow. Like basically being like, yeah, like, could you do it? Yes. But like, is it our recommendation? Like, I think a big thing is, is it like, we'll put them like a semester behind too. Mm-hmm. Or actually with the nursing program, I'm pretty sure it screws you up by a whole year because of how strict their program is and like following certain classes and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, she, I think is in the same boat as a lot of your roommates where it's like, she's like, well, now I really can't get it. Like I have, you know, she's made it, she's a junior now. She's made it so far. She's like, I've made it pretty much through the tough classes, through anatomy, through mm. all the crazy classes they have to take. And now she's at the clinical standpoint and she's mm-hmm. like. I've made it this far. I can't lose now. Right. I mean, even, even getting accepted to right. do yeah. nursing. Are oh, you kidding yeah. me? I right. mean, then there's that. Can you imagine calling your mom and going, Hey, Hey, hey mom, I'm coming home. <laughs> Guess yeah. what? So it's just also, I can't even imagine. I mean, my roommates have a friend who 
she is living in a house where they are bringing people in all the time and it's, you know, their boyfriends, their best friends, like everyone's always in and out of the house and she's a nursing major. And the poor thing's just like, I can't, you know what I mean? Like, I don't even want to go to my own kitchen because I'm so afraid of getting it. Like, you know, I think it's just about being first of all, socially responsible, but then responsible for those that you live with. And like, you have to be very selfless right. in this position. It's Respectful a very like the situation. Yeah. Like selfish people are not going to be the people that help us get through the mm-hmm. rest of this time right now. Right. Unbelievable. Okay. So let's go through, because I really want to, this, this will be released before sorority recruitment for TCU. I know, um, tech today is is tomorrow's bid day for tech. Arkansas's done. Alabama's done. Auburn's Mm -hmm. done. So I have a question for you, Viv. I'm just curious. Why didn't we put this off until the spring? What is, is that a fair question? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I think that's such a fair question. And I think that was something that me, Kennedy, Marissa, like all people who are involved in recruitment and recognize the problems with sorority recruitment, but love the process as a whole, we're asking. And I think to me, the deciding factor was the fact that TCU hasn't even announced when we're coming back for second semester. So obviously the assumption is we're coming back in January. You know, we're trying to avoid flu season as much as possible, which is why we're leaving in November, coming back in January. But I know example, for example, for Alpha Chi, I mean, sororities at their core, not only provide an incredible experience, but our businesses and need revenue to provide that incredible experience. And so if we wait till the spring and we don't come back or we don't come back till March or April, or we come back fully virtually trying to run a fully virtually fully virtual, socially distanced recruitment with women in, you know, five, six, seven different time zones, including international students would be insane. And so I think that TCU Panhellenic for what has been thrown at thrown at them as student leaders, kind of just like the rest of us, has, you know, been dealt a bad hand of cards and has really done what I would argue is the best possible outcome if TCU wasn't able to move it to the spring. So I was asking myself that question. I would have loved, you know, to live in kind of like dreamland and Mm -hmm. be like, we can have a normal recruitment. We can have a normal work week in February, March, April. But at some point, I think we kind of had to look at why we even do recruitment, which is to bring incredible women into our sister and to bring incredible women into the Greek community at TCU. And if that is the goal, if the goal is to bring incredible women into the organization, not, you know, for us to have every single little thing that we want doing recruitment now when it was a sure thing is better than waiting and doing recruitment. Later. That makes perfect sense. And I'm so glad that you clarified that for me because I've said time and time and time again, I, I think I even sent an email to national one. Why are we... <laughs> What is wrong with us? I mean, we go down the street. Baylor's doing it in the spring. We go down the street and SMU's doing it in the spring. And I'm like, why? And that makes perfect sense because what if the college, that it dissipates completely and you do have seven different time zones. Mm -hmm. It's it's not tangible. So that makes sense. You've just clarified clarified (laughs) that for me. So as of today, um, as of today, September 13th is the start date, supposedly, Mm -hmm. for the girls to actually come through recruitment. Is that correct? That's correct. So that will be kind of round round one is that weekend. And we're actually not talking to women this year in round one. So traditionally, they come to all three or all 13 of the Panhellenic houses during round one. This year, because of the capacities of Zoom and because of the huge amount of women that are going through recruitment, round one is they view a video for all of the 13 chapters and then that's round one. They rank the houses they would like to come back to, and we don't even get the chance <laughs> better to Better be good, them. girls. I know. <laughs> Best video of your life. I don't better know. Better be a good video. <laughs> okay, so that's round one. Mm-hmm. So when do you actually see the girls? 
So we start meeting them in, in real life, as in Zoom real life, Zoom. Okay. Uh, for round twos, two, three, and four is when we'll get to interact with the women directly. Okay, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's changing day by day. It is. I mean, I think it's still evolving because one of the one of the incredible things that's going on right now with TC recruitment is that we haven't seen, like a lot of other schools, a huge drop in numbers. We haven't seen that. In fact, we have almost close to a thousand PNMs registered to go through TCU sorority recruitment. Are you kidding? And the most oh we've God. ever had is like a thousand, like a thousand and five or a thousand and fifty. So we, I mean, really are in an incredible position, both as a chapter and as a university where there's such an interest in being a part of the Panhellenic recruitment process that I, I can sacrifice round one. If we have you know that many <laughs> incredible women that are coming through and are so excited. And what is the, uh, you all in the same pledge class, what was the size? Uh, at the beginning? Yeah, yeah, at the beginning. <laughs> okay. on bi- so on bid day of our Did freshman year, I think it was 60. Oh. In which phase? I was thinking 60 to 70. Yeah. I think it was like 63. So we were Sounds a little bit about, smaller. We yeah. were definitely, I think, in like the 60s, maybe a little bit closer to 70. But since we've, you know, went through the chapter, we started 60-ish, and then we moved up to 70-ish. And last semester, we had, what, 78, 79? It seems really like every year we have, like, more, like, twins in the big little family thing mm-hmm. because uh-huh. of our pledge classes keep growing so more girls are having to take like two littles and stuff like that which so, is so cool yeah. oh yeah it's cool to watch the chapter grow like it's fun to kind of see like i mean now that we're seniors which is really sad and i never Ugh. thought we would see this day it's very sad um, it is, uh... it's cool to see like where alpha kai was when we all joined and where alpha kai is now and i mean I- <laughs> I'm going to put a lot of that on Vivian. Um, She's not going to be happy that I'm saying this, but like Vivian has been like such a huge leader in our chapter since literally like sophomore year. She's been so involved and really, I think, has evolutionized like where the chapter was and where we are because she is like such a big dreamer and can see the potential in what our chapter had. And so she really took that, you know, took the horse by its reins and said, come on, guys, this is what we're doing now. 1,000% 1,000% she did. That's sweet. I, I think... That's sweet. Anyway. Anyway. Like, anyway. Like, anyway. No, that's not no, true. no. I, I think that we're... Thank you. Yeah. I think we're really spoiled at Alpha Chi because we have women who are a part of the sorority experience for a whole bunch of different reasons. And we're really lucky, kind of like we touched on at the beginning, to have such an incredible philanthropy aspect to our sisterhood oh, mm-hmm. that is so important and for many of us, super, super relevant. And so that's really sweet. I do appreciate that. But I think that a lot of, but anyway, no, but anyway, no, no, it's not just me. It's no, everybody. It's, not, it's really not. And I, I feel like I would be remiss if I didn't mention all of the people that kind of like Marissa have say, has, is saying, have looked at where our chapter was and said, we have so much potential. We can do such incredible things and let's get to work on this thing. My favorite is whenever we get Pledge classes. I'm going to say it. Um, you know exactly what she's going to say. It's my favorite one. We're getting pledge classes. And at the beginning of recruitment, we're kind of like, oh my gosh, this girl's so cute. Like, I just love this girl. And then she keeps coming back during the rounds. And it's like, oh my gosh, this is. And then you see these pledge classes. And I seriously think that they have gotten better and better mm-hmm. every single year. Like, you know, we were a great pledge class. The one after us was amazing. The one after that was incredible. And, you know, right. the one that we're going to get this year, it's going to be amazing. And so I think it's so cool to see how we're evolving and just how different our pledge classes are and how, you know, people want to join. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's so fun to see girls who are like, oh my gosh, I, even girls who don't end up going alpha Chi, 
they are the first people to say, you know what? I seriously loved y'all during recruitment. Y'all had the most genuine this, that, the other, whatever. So I think it's so unique that we have such an experience where, you know, even if people don't join, they still see the beauty in it, which right. is yeah. so impressive. I think it is impressive. Now you girls rewind, rewind 1987 when I graduated. <laughs> When we just chartered, I mean, we just, I mean, I transferred in AKO and yee, (laughs) it's a little bit different these days. And I look at you and I try to be such an active uh, alumni in Fort Worth. I really do because I love you girls so much and I just believe in the sisterhood, but it's just changed so much. And last year I'm, you know, incredibly emotional person, but well, sometimes, but, um, but at the fashion show was so, I remember I couldn't stop crying. Oh my I was gosh. so touched. It was the recruitment video. Oh. She just oh, lost gosh. it. Cause you know, it's so, for those of you who have not seen a recruitment video for sorority recruitment, it's just so fun and flirty and quirky and right. everyone's laughing at each other and it's hugging. It's like a sandals commercial. It really <laughs> oh, It's very cheesy. It's definitely oh, a very it's cheesy It's so thing. cheesy. And if you are behind the scenes of it, it's so awkward because there's someone with a video camera and then they're like, okay, now laugh. And you're all just like, <laughs> like uh-huh. Like, like nothing's at each funny. Other like like oh Marissa and Vivian just got into a fight, but we're all just like, <laughs> we're like oh my gosh, you. But yes, and so it's so it is moving, honestly. And so my mom was watching it, and even before I went through recruitment, she watched the Alpha Chi videos of oh. like even UT or Alpha Chi at TCU, and she's just crying and crying and crying. And she's like, it's just so special to see how far it's come. And it's so, such a special thing. We were watching the video at the fashion show and I'm sitting with several of my friends that came, 10 or 12 women that came and support us. And, and Kennedy's watching the video and she turned to look at me and she went, Oh wait, Oh wait, Hey, (laughs) Hey, you're crying. Wait. So let's regroup. I'm like dancing with the music. Like, (laughs) of course she is. I mean, it's a video we've all seen probably a a hundred thousand times. times. I mean, even just being there, like filming it and knowing exactly what's going to happen. So for us, I remember because I think Viv and I were backstage at this point of the Mm -hmm. of the show and kind of, you know, getting the end all together and stuff. But we're back there. We're like, woo, like we did it and we're going to do it again next year. Like this is like so great. But like, I don't know. It's like cool to hear like you like be like it was so moving to watch and see you guys like do that kind of stuff. Because I think living in it, you don't realize like what exactly we're all doing and the changes we're making and stuff, because to us, it just feels kind of like life and normal. Right. And we're so blessed to have again, back to our philanthropy. It's like we are so lucky to have such an amazing group of women who are all so passionate about our philanthropy and about doing the hands-on work alongside, you know, the philanthropic raising money portion. And, you know, it's, sometimes I forget how insanely amazing it is that we raised $150,000, like as college students, how that happens, but we're so used to raising, you know, large sums of money for that organization that, you know, we can challenge ourselves and say, you know what, we want to get to 150 this year and we did it, you know? So I think like Marissa said, like, we're just so used to it that we forget how much of a big deal it is kind of a huge deal. I mean, philanthropy is just a huge deal. And um, Tiff's getting emotional if you I can't am. see. Well, I am because I I see the the um, the women that accepted this uh, this amazing gift from you mm-hmm. girls and just how they were emotionally moved because that's a lot of money. I yeah. mean, that is an enormous amount of money for a, a philanthropic organization that is so necessary in mm-hmm. our community. I mean, I, anyway, I just. Bleh, 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 bleh. <laughs> Happy thoughts, happy thoughts. Okay, yes. start singing something. Sing, sing, sing. <laughs> what is the song? Um, Ralph Akai. No, 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 no. no. 
hear. I did no, not exactly. hear that. That's, that's, that's not the unofficial <laughs> song of Alpha Chi Omega. One thousand percent. One thousand percent. We can sing the official Omega. Okay. That's what I'm gonna miss most about recruitment. So, if you, for those of you that don't know, I am very uncoordinated. No rhythm in my body, and so every year at recruitment, I get a bouncing tutorial on how to bounce on beat. And so, so tell them what bouncing is, because I feel okay. like I, before I came to TCU, I had never heard of this. Shut and when up. I no, when I came into my first house, oh I, my gosh, I won't name what chapter it was because they are incredible bouncers, and I think they're wonderful. But I'm gonna kind of make fun of it. I was, I was walking in the front door, and they opened the doors. And obviously, when you first open the doors. It's so loud, loud, loud because yeah. they ask you to be silent when you're standing out there on a line. So they open the doors and these girls are like, I'm in a chair. So it'd look a little weird if I did it, but you're kind of like, you're going down and bending your knees. You're and squatting like, and clapping at the same time while also like stepping to the singing. side and in heels and in jeans and in t-shirt, full hair, full makeup. Like it is a sight to see if you've never seen <laughs> it's it. It's a workout. I'm not You need lie. to look it up. If you've never seen a record sorority recruitment recording, right. you need to look it up because it is something you will never forget. Yeah. And it's a hundred. Oh yeah. Wait, Vivian, was it you that your first house you ran in? Yes, it was Vivian. Okay, oh, Vivian, you got to tell the yes. story because there's a very yes. strict, especially at TCU, a very strict no touching. No rule. touching. So you can't touch each other. Yeah. So like, especially right now, so. as actives, we're not allowed Perfect. to, you know, hug the members or the right. sorority women coming through, or we're not allowed to touch them or guide them or shake their hands. None of that is allowed. So Vivian. So, Vivian. <laughs> so if you and I, I will preface this by saying that it was no one's fault except for my own because I received a lot of advice before going into sorority recruitment being from Washington like there's not the same sorority culture up there and so I coming to TCU received a lot of advice apparently took none of it but I walked into my first house and there's the screaming and there's the bouncing and there's the clapping and the girl that greeted me at the door so the person that walks you in and sits you down at your chair kind of extended her arm like this to guide me where I was going to try and help you find you know that one chair out of like 56 chairs that's yours and so she stuck out her arm like this, but behind my back. And so I thought she was trying to hug me. So I, I was like, oh my gosh, these people in Texas are so friendly. And I was like, hi. And I reached out and like hugged this girl. And if you know anything about sorority recruitment, that is not good. Not only because you just hugged a complete stranger, but because all of the girls behind you are being like timed as they walk in. And so I created this like traffic jam at like the first house. And I, I hugged this girl and I'm so excited. And she was like, oh, oh no. Like, don't hug me. You know, she was she was panicked. I was panicked. So don't worry. We use that now as our horror story when telling, like, the sophomores that are right. coming through recruitment. We're like, yes, there are girls like Vivian. And don't get me wrong. Obviously, every, you. everyone loves Vivian. So when you tell them the story, they're like, Vivian did what? And you're like, yeah, Vivian full-on bear-hugged this girl. I think my favorite, my own personal, I feel like Marissa might have watched this happen. I think you were in standing line at this point. It was oh God. our first year of doing recruitment. So our oh, I was definitely in year. standing line then, yeah. So our sophomore sophomore year I'm walking a girl through and I'm wearing these chunky wedge heels they were the worst ever and I'm walking this girl and she's I'm you know I'm not a tall individual but with my heels on I was probably what five eight five seven so I'm walking and this really really short girl who from the jump I could tell she really wasn't feeling me And so I'm walking her and I'm like, hi, welcome to Alpha Kai Falls. I she just went. Oh, no. Like, 
face planted. I like, face plant. I latch on to this girl and I am pulling myself up on her. And I remember looking up and Marissa's like, um. See, okay, so my thing when I was in standing line our sophomore year, for those of you that don't know what that is, basically you are the person that stands there and bounces the whole time as 80 girls are walking through the door. And your face can't change. You are happy through the squatting and bouncing all. Well, so Kennedy and I would tend to make eye contact during this time and make faces at each other. Oh, and so I see Kennedy's coming up. I'm like, oh, good. This is going to be fun. And so Kennedy gets this girl. And all, next thing I know, Kennedy is on, on the, the ground. Floor. Because the other thing with standing like is like we would like to, you know, like bounce and you like move your hair and move your body and like look at the girls coming through the door. And we'd if you could read their name tag, you'd be like, oh, hi, Vivian. And, you know, or especially when they're leaving. And if it was like a girl you would talk to, you'd be like, oh, my gosh, bye, Kennedy. And like whatnot. And so I'm like watching, paying attention to what's <laughs> happening. And the next thing I know, Kennedy is on the ground in front of me. Pulling myself up on this PM. And the poor girl, we sat down and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Like just could not apologize more. And she just kind of looks at me and she's like, no, um, yeah, no, it's fine. I, uh, oh, she must have been terrified. Oh my gosh. Oh, and she, it was definitely, this, she definitely cut us. It was literally round two. Oh, if that girl is watching this, I doubt she is, but I am so sorry. Kennedy is still sorry. I, that day still haunts I, me. I, and knowing Marissa saw it is the thing that haunts me the most. It's also been two years since this has happened for anyone not sure on the timeline. Like we are like two years past now. And I still think about that day. So she's not an Alpha right? She is most certainly not. I, I don't remember seeing her after that very moment. I literally, my, I could not get out of that conversation fast enough. I was like, oh no. Okay, we're going to switch this up because I have to ask, um, because I know a lot of people are wondering of every age that are in this situation, not you, Viv, but dating during COVID. (laughs) I mean, wait, 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 but but Viv, you have a boyfriend. I do. I'm not, well, I'm. I guess I am dating during COVID, but Ooh. not like multiple You're people. You're not. <laughs> well, don't yeah. say I'm dating multiple people either because. <laughs> oh my God. So you have a boyfriend at TCU. I do. Now, I do. did you meet him at TCU? I did. I actually met him in student government that I'm involved in. So Aww. is he. That um, is not how I remember the story going. <laughs> oh, I would just like to remind gosh. everyone. Okay. He's a, he is a, my one of, he's one of my friends, fraternity brothers, but yes. I met him in the first time. In That's what they government. all say. <laughs> yeah. They, they met. Jen, the old Jen, student government. They met in SGA. Oh my goodness! They didn't meet when we hung out at the fraternity house. Oh every my day. goodness! This is slander. Cut this out. Viv <laughs> is getting called out I know. on site. Gee, Louise, it's not how I remember this. Okay, he's not from the Apple. The he's apple. not from the Apple. You can refer to it as the Apple. That's fine. He's not from the it's Apple. The I'm big not, apple. Not the big Apple. The other. The apple. other Apple. The, the small Apple. The, 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 the most fabulous apple. So he's the, not. Where is he from? Well, the funny story is, is I met him at frog camp um, right. because if if you know Viv's boyfriend, Viv's boyfriend and I are two very different people, <laughs> um, which not in a bad way. He knows I love him, but I'm, you know, very outspoken, outgoing. No way. Really? <laughs> Alex, on the other hand, keeps to himself, whatever. Okay. So I meet Alex at frog camp. Alex is from Fishers, Indiana, and I'm from Zionsville, Indiana. So we lived about 30 minutes apart. He went to one of the private schools in Indianapolis that I knew. And so I met him at frog camp, and I think I totally terrified the kid. She did. She did terrify the kid. I'll tell you. (laughs) Can't Um, confirm. But so, I mean, he comes from Indiana. I knew him then. And, I mean, it's kind of funny how it all plays out now. I remember, like, my high school friends and I, when you were having a Christmas party, I think this was, like, our sophomore year. I'm like, yeah, like, we're all hanging out at my friend's house. 
And he goes, oh, would it be cool if I stopped by? And I'm like, Alex, <laughs> absolutely. And this was before you guys were even dating because right. it all started out. We were all just friends. Right. It was a big group of us as friends. And then next thing I know, I go to Orlando, Florida and Disney World and I come back and Vivian's in a relationship. <laughs> <laughs> but that's uh, that's a good story. I love hearing that story because to hear it from Marissa's side <laughs> and to hear it from Alex's side oh. is like so different. Is be- it? Oh, it is. Because at Frog Camp, they have you wear these name tags. Oh, they yeah. have your name. Like I swear, they would put your social security number if they had it on those name tags. Because it's your name, your you know where you're Wait, from. Wait, should we explain what Frog Camp is? I just realized some people might not know what it is. Yeah. Basically, TCU has it's like an orientation. It's kind like of an thing. orientation, but it's it is special to TCU. Um, yeah. It's kind of you know you come for a few days out of the summer and you go all different places. They have them, but basically, it's so first year students can meet each other and get oriented with. I know, like I did, like Casa C, which is like a Fort Worth. That's mm-hmm. what I did. Yeah. Frog Camp, so it's like you can kind of get oriented with like the town and stuff like that as well. So that's where Alex and I met. So they met at this, you know, very special. We met, we met at Billy Bob's actually. Met, uh, Billy Bob's. There you go. A staple of Fort Worth. I remember it like vividly. <laughs> so does he. Apparently, he does too, Marissa. <laughs> Apparently you made an impression. Oh, Marissa always makes an impression, but this one was positive. This one was positive, to be oh, fair. it was? To be fair, oh, it was I'm positive. I'm glad to hear it's positive from his side. It was, it was. So he, you know, is wearing his name tag that says his name and where he's from. And this tall, this tall, tall girl. You have to put that in there. Like, Marissa's like six foot. I'm six foot. And I'd like to point out, I think Alex is what? Five nine? Be generous. Be generous. Five ten. Okay, Alex is five ten. Help my man out. Cut this out. She's Louise. But uh, this tall girl comes like running up to him, like super sweaty from dancing. And she's like, you're from Indiana. And he's like, uh, yeah. She's like, you're from really close to me, like 20 minutes. And he's like, yeah. And then the way he tells the story is that as soon as he came to TCU, like, boom, Marissa was there again. And then we all became friends sophomore year. And so you I can't escape And her. now we're best friends. And now we're all best friends. And she, he just couldn't escape. Yeah, no, he couldn't. He was stuck. Well, I'd like to point out not a whole lot of people from Indiana come to TCU. That's right. And not a whole lot of people from Indiana from, like, I would like to call it like northwest, northeast side of Indianapolis suburbs. Um, I think there's about like four or five of us in total. So when you find an Indiana person, another you f- hold on, you hold excited on to that Indiana <laughs> the person. Who's your love is unlike any other oh my love. Gosh, but yeah. So that's how Alex and I. <laughs> so that's Vivian's dating life. <laughs> there we go. So there's Vivian's dating life as uh, for me and Kenny. <laughs> as for us, go ahead, Marissa. I'm gonna let you start with this one. Okay, well... <laughs> she has um, nothing to say. No, she does. Um, oh. Viv, I mean, Viv can attest to this. So I was talking to this guy. <gasps> Stop. Oh. What is talking? Oh. This drives me crazy. This drives me crazy. relationship. DTR. We were going on... I mean, we went on a few dates, hung out a few times. He came to a mixer with me. Oh. Okay, Queen. I would think... I don't know. Maybe not from the outside. I would think it was looking like it was getting... Like we were probably gonna, something was gonna yeah. happen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. thought. Um, so, so we're talking. Um, we start like beginning of February, whatever. Um, quarantine hits. I was gonna say perfect timing. Oh, oh yeah, geez. timing impeccable. Quarantine hits. He's like, oh, my family's worried about getting it. Whatever, whatever. I'm like, oh. that's fine. Well, next thing I know, it's like beginning of April. So we were texting throughout all of this, obviously. And then it's beginning of April. And next thing I know, I got ghosted. So that's my no. dating life. Yeah. That was there. Yes. I think no. It wasn't that big of a deal. I cried like for a night, and then the next day, it was just one. It was just a single 
singular night, which to be fair, he had been around for a while. Well, I would cry. I would cry. It, it was sad. And, you know, it, it was, was sad. And I don't think I've ever truly been ghosted before. It's like being rejected and it's hurt. It hurts. It's like being rejected without words. And I think what really hurt <laughs> is was a few days prior, I could tell something was up. Like my intuition the was worst. like, and it flags will, were going up. It will haunt you forever. And I said something and I was like, hey, like, is everything okay? Like, I just want to make sure. And he's like, I'm like, oh, and like, there was like a day he like wasn't texting me and I'm like, oh, ha ha ha. I thought you were ghosting me. And he's like, oh yeah, no, I'm not like that. I would never do that. And then literally like probably not even a week later it happened. The narrator chimes in. Yes. He was in fact like that. <laughs> Fake news, like, buddy. Yeah. yeah. Oh. I was like, oh, okay. Okay. Dang. So not that, that was, that so was, that was it. That was the last, I mean, cause then when you hit peak COVID, no one's hanging yeah. out. And then yeah. I go home for the summer and my <laughs> friends and I at home all summer joked. I'm like, yeah, there's no way there's anyone from high school. I'm looking at oh, so, no. No. so yeah. Dating life ends there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> to say that I'm dating right now, would that be generous? That would be a really generous term. Um, I, I actually enjoy it because I just talk to like a bunch of guys and I, that sounds horrible y'all, but I, it really isn't in like talking to as in like, like anything seriously. serious. Yeah, no, no, it it yeah. genuinely right. to me, feels like I'm just getting to know different people and it honestly is kind of nice because I get to hear like their opinions on things and all this stuff. And you know, my dad has always told me, it's like, even if things don't go anywhere, it's always cool to have someone that you were like, Hey, he's a nice guy. He's nice, mm -hmm. whatever, you know, no ill will, whatever. And so it's kind of nice just to get to know people and, oh, yeah. you know, without the pressure of having to date. You know well, see, I mean? the funny thing is, is how much dating has changed. Oh my gosh. Uh, Cause my mom likes to talk about when I like tell her like, Oh, I'm like talking to this guy or whatever. Right. Like I remember like high school boyfriend. She's like, he's not a real boyfriend. This is what she would always say about my high school boyfriend. Um, because she likes to bring up how my grandma dated like three guys at one time. Like Whoa. she had my, so she had my grandpa back home in Indiana uh -uh. and then she was out in California, like doing college out there and was dating another guy. But uh, I forget what the term is that they use. Like she was, would use going but, steady. Yeah. But like they weren't going steady. So it was like, Oh, it's nothing serious. I can date around with who I want. But nowadays it's almost like if you're like dating someone, like you are dating them and only them. Right. I think that's because it just takes so long for most people to get to the point where they're dating somebody. Like I have friends that have been talking to the same person for like six, seven, eight months. Yeah. And I'm like, if you don't know in six, seven or eight months that you want to date somebody, like, where do we go from here? Do we right. just talk till we get yeah. married? Like, what do you do? Are we on your wedding night? Wait, so are we still so talking? Wait, like, so where, like where, where are we Wait, tonight? so can we define the relationship maybe? And I think that's a lot of it. It's people nowadays are scared to define relationships. Right. And I think it's because like, cheating has become such a like big phenomenon in yeah. today's society. So people are like, well, like I don't want to define what we are in case like, wow, that happens. is an interesting way of putting yeah. it. It's also hard because like, I feel like everyone has a different definition of talking. Like yeah. we kind of all have a mutual agreement that talking means like you're texting someone, you know, talking about going on dates, maybe FaceTiming them. But whatever. I would say you could still be, I think to me, you could talk to multiple people at once. Absolutely. Cause yeah. to me, talking is not super serious. Yeah. I would agree with that. I would say that whenever you get more towards that dating point, that's when you're like going on, like I would honestly, for hear, hearing what you were saying about that guy, I would label that as probably dating. You know what? I would have too, kid, but <laughs> seems seems other plans it seems like it wasn't what i thought it but was so i would you know that's the confusing part is everyone defines it i think it's the male and female thing is like everyone defines it so differently so it feels weird for me to be like yeah mom i'm you know talking to this guy when he might think we're dating or right. i'm thinking we're dating and he's like no, no 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 we're just talking i'm like well 
we're going on dates, so I don't think that's just talking. Right. right. I hate to bring up TikTok. <laughs> but my do favorite you? do you no, hate to bring I don't. up my you? favorite TikToks right now are those ones where it's like it's the Justin Bieber song and it's like, oh my god, now I can't think of it. It's like it's like whatever it says, it's like, oh, are we like they put the text and it's like, are we are we dating? And then like the guy like sings the words like, girl, you're like, no, like what you know, too fast yeah, or something yeah. like that. And it's like Something like that. And it's like, that's exactly like what Ken was saying. Like, it is. Guys and girls like view relationships almost as two so different things. And the problem is, is we don't talk about it with each other. So when you're like right. in these like talking or dating relationships, you don't talk about it because you just assume they know and they never know. And so then everybody's on a different page and whatnot. Absolutely. I mean, have you had this one where you'll be talking to a guy and he's like, oh, well, I'm going to pick you up at 1130 a.m. and we're going to go have, you know, lunch and whatever. And then so let's say that's on a Wednesday. You don't hear from him the day it was supposed to happen. See, Ken, I'm going to be honest. I, <laughs> oh, no. you know, being a six foot tall woman. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. Dating for me is not the easiest thing in the world because I, and I'll be the first to admit it. I, I intimidate men because I'm so tall. And also like, I mean, I've grown up in a household where my mom has taught me to respect myself and respect who I am and Same. stuff. <laughs> and so, I mean, you know, for a lot of men, that's, they don't like that. They don't like that. At they the college age, they at don't the college want that. Age, that's not what they want. And no. I think, you know. The vast majority. The vast, no. I will say, I'm sure, you know, there are some amazing men out there that I haven't met yet. <laughs> if you're out there, uh, I'll, I'll leave my number in the description. <laughs> if you're out there in about 6'4", six, 6'5", six, oh, let me know. Uh, but, um, you know, I've even... My mom has always said it. She's like, you, you intimidate them. You know, you they're you know, because I am usually so much taller than them and I am not afraid to put on my high heels and wear my high heels around and stuff. And so a lot of guys at the college age, like kind of saying that's not what they're into. They don't want that. They don't want a woman who's good. Most of them are like kind of at that age still where they're they just want to do their own thing. They don't really want a woman who like I feel like we all kind of are very much like this is what we want. We're not really going to sell for less. And right, I feel like if you right. can't find the guys which are few and far between to find like an Alex who will take that and be like, you know what? You want this? Well, then let's do it. You know what? Right. And right. I'll be honest, like they're like. There are a lot of guys like that. And it might just be that I'm being too picky because like Alex's friends. No, they're friends, all taken. Yeah. Well, Alex's <laughs> friends, like I, we're all like, it's like kind of a big friend we're group. Friends, yeah. And like Alex's roommate, Matthew, I have known since like literally the first night of school, my freshman year. Like we have been friends through all of it. And I love Matthew to death. And I say Matthew and their other roommate, Brayden. I also love Brayden. And everyone knows I love Brayden. I say they are the most dateable people in the world. <laughs> right. I go, but they're half my size. Yeah. <laughs> So it's just, I mean, I will be the first to say that. Like that's, I mean, maybe again, it's me being too picky because I want a guy taller than me, but at least the I, same height would be nice. I think, oh. yeah. Well, okay. Let's be, let's be fair. Let's be fair. I think that you, you are allowed to be picky, especially yes, in college because I you don't agree, need, yeah. and this is, this has always been my philosophy. You don't need to have a boyfriend in college. You don't. Oh, no. And so Not to us. me, no. oh, you well, don't we'll ever see. need we still a boyfriend. Got a year. That's true. That's a good point. That's fair. But I think that, I mean, Viv, you say we still got a year, but we're in coronavirus. I don't think anything's <laughs> changing this year. I believe in you. I just think that don't, don't sell yourself short. I think, and this is like, I have this conversation with my little sister as well, because she's a sophomore at TCU and sophomore year is when I feel like a lot of people start. That's when serious the, relationships begin as sophomore year. Right. And so really? I, Not yeah. I. Well, <laughs> I miss, I miss to miss that boat. Not me, no, no. Oh, no. Viv jumped on the boat that's and I jumped true. on a plane to Disney is what no, happened. That's, that's probably pretty accurate. That's probably pretty accurate. I don't know. I just think that yeah, you summarized it pretty well. I think maybe 
what it comes down to is just that guys also like are not a hundred percent sure. And they may want to do their own thing in college. And I respect that. I just think you have to be honest about what you want, because Mm -hmm. to me where disconnects happen in relationships is where, you know, maybe two people are like, you know, we just want to have a great time in college. And, you know, I want to date somebody, but I want it to be more casual. I'm not looking for like my spouse. Like I'm not looking for something serious. And I think the disconnect that you're talking about, both with dating, with talking, with everything just comes down to whether or not you're able to vocalize what you want. And I think it's a really good point where you're talking about. Or if they're lying about it. (laughs) Not that I've been through that. Oh, no. Right there. That's true. Oh, no. You know, um, I, I've listened to Kennedy and I, I know there's these different uh, dating apps. And <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I get it. And um, but I don't understand young men. I don't understand. And maybe the young women are doing this, too. But I don't understand if you're on a dating app and you carry on a conversation for an extended period of time and then you're ghosting. Like, okay, I get that you... I can tell you exactly why it happens. I mean, it's usually, I think, more often than not, it's the men ghosting the women, unless the women kind of, you know, come to their senses about something <laughs> with the guy. No, I'm just saying, like, if there's, like, a red flag, like, let's say, like, sure. oh, let's say I, I met this guy, and then all of a sudden I found out he dated Kennedy. That kind of weirds me out, because, like, you know, I feel like Kennedy are, and I are really similar, so if it didn't work out with him and Kennedy, why is it going to work out with me? <laughs> right. You know? um, but I think, you know, I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about this stuff, but I think a lot of it comes down to, like, sexual ones. Sure. Yeah. And a lot of men will, if it's not, if you're not down for what they're down for. Absolutely. They're you're like, cut from their roster. Like, that's a short yes. conversation. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. And that's is what it, it comes it, down to. Did you? And absolutely. And that is, that's been going on forever. But, oh, well, yeah. But, but um, I, I, yes. And that's I, why the guys are on dating apps is because a lot of them are looking for like a one night stand or a hookup for a few weeks. Or the I mean, I won't say, are, I won't say all guys are obviously no. not all guys are the same, but a lot of men are on these apps or even, you know, going out to college bars and parties and stuff. They're not looking for a wifey for yes, for a wife <laughs> like Kennedy and I are meant to be. <laughs> so my point is, why do you say, why would anyone say this? Hey, let's have a date this weekend. Let's on Saturday night, let's go out. And then it comes about Thursday and you don't hear from anyone. And this is multiple friends of mine that's, that they're dealing with with their daughters. But no, we set a date. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, and so they're gone. As a person, that really makes me mad because, I mean, I think the three of us are like this. I know not everyone is. But, like, we have very strict calendars we follow. Like, you yes. can look at my phone calendar and it's always, I have it color-coded. I have sure. it, like, exactly. down to the minute of how long I'm going to be doing things. And so when you text me, I'm like... Dinner Saturday. I'm like, okay, I we plan are, for we it. are having dinner Saturday. And if anybody else asks me what I'm doing, I'm busy Saturday night. Yeah. And that's like, the problem. I've been reading this book. I'm not going to mention the name of it, but I, it literally says, it's like, if you're, which I was telling my mom and thank goodness I've been reading it because it's happened so many times with, you know, myself, my friends, like, you know, you're supposed to be going on a date Saturday night. And then it's like, okay, well, if you don't hear from him on Thursday, then, or Friday, even go about your day and make plans for your day. You know what I mean? Like plan around it because, and then if he texts you and says, Hey, are we still on for tonight? Like, absolutely not. I made other plans because you never haven't heard from you. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it's mom has been very enlightened lately with not only me, but like my other friends and sorority sisters who it's amazing. It's shocking. It's It's just crazy what it's come down to almost. And my husband, I mean, he's just like, Uh, do you remember what we said at the Super Bowl party that we all, we were all asking you like, where do we find like one like him? We're all like, we want that. 
I know. Do you not I remember know. that? I do, but yeah. it just makes me emo every we time. We love him. Yes, and Greg is amazed. And Greg loves y'all. Oh my gosh. He loves all. I mean, he's like these women in our. I mean, what these is young wrong ladies, with yeah. these? What is wrong with these young men? And he's baffled by it. But anyway, so we're running out of time. But would hey, would you guys come back? This has been a oh my gosh. fabulous yes. show. Anytime. Because Consider I it want done. I want to keep this going because I want to do a check in on where we are. And you girls have the best energy. And you know, fingers I love crossed, you. we're like still going well. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Don't leave. But you know, um, I, I do have one question for you all. Um, you are sisters for life. You are sister for life. Are you friends for life? Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. Oh God. Yes. Y'all no. are stuck with me. That's yeah. the thing is like, I'll be the first to admit, I really struggled with Alpha Chi my freshman year. Same. Well, she did too. I did yeah. too. I think, I think you picked the three people that we were all very, very lost. I I'm mean, sure. I got initiated later than everyone because I had a wedding the night of initiation. So I missed initiation. I so, didn't watch you be initiated. Oh, so no. I wasn't initiated until December. Oh, dear. And so I'm sitting there. All my friends, I think they were both in the same boat. You make your friends your freshman year in your dorms. So I had friends that were a Gamma Phi, a DG, a Pi Phi, a Phi Mu, like sure. all over the boat. And so I'm sitting there and I'm watching them like enjoy their sorority experience. And my mom was in Greek life. My aunts were in Greek life. Like I grew up wanting to be in a sorority. And I think both of you are in the same boat, too. And so I'm sitting there reflecting to myself and I'm like, did I end up in the right place? Sure. I'm like, is this where I'm meant to be? Like, I just didn't feel like I was correct. And obviously, you know, you go through this period before initiation because like once you're initiated, you're, you're, you're you, in. you can't go through recruitment again. No. So I'm waiting to get initiated and I'm sitting there and I'm like, do I drop before I get initiated? Like, do I leave now while I still have a chance? And I'm so happy I didn't. So, so oh happy my gosh. because I... I will be the first to say, like, don't let your freshman year, like, deter you and don't let you seeing other people have a good time deter you because, like, Viv and I, like, people get shocked to find out, like, we didn't meet until sophomore year when we both lived in the house. Sure. And I mean, I think same with Kenny. We all met through, like, going, like, recruitment as being, mm-hmm. like, recruiters mm-hmm. and, like, work week and stuff work like week. that. And that's when we all really became friends. And You like, cannot judge your sorority experience not based freshman. off freshman year. No. And based off what other girls are doing in their sorority experience no. is really what I learned. It looks very different on Instagram than it is yes. in real life. Oh, oh yeah. That's so, what my works. biggest piece of advice for any freshman going through recruitment right now is, like, if you, let's say, didn't end up in the house that you thought you wanted to, like, stick with it up mm-hmm. until, and, you know, if you decide before initiation that, that's still not it for you, then absolutely by all means drop. But I would say don't judge it based off, you know, the don't, first few weeks even. And don't judge it based off what you're seeing other girls in their sororities, like other sororities doing, or even, right. I think it's hard also. Cause I remember like freshman year, like looking up to a lot of the girls that were seniors and how much fun they were having in alpha Chi and how they had all their best friends. And I was mm-hmm. like, well, why am I not? Cause you know, you join us as like sorority and you're like sisterhood, like I'm going to meet my bridesmaids here. And so I think it was hard. Like you're watching them and you're like, well, why haven't I like you expect it to happen faster than it does. Right. Right. Well, and to me, that comes down to the idea that I really came into my sorority experience kind of like you. And I was like, all right, friends come to me like come to, come to me my arms are open and for a bear hug exactly hey too soon um, but I think that I was really expecting those friendships to just happen like immediately mm-hmm. and I think there are times in your life where you meet people and you just click and that's sure. great but I think really what a sorority experience does is it opens the door for you you still have to walk in and you still have to work for it mm-hmm. and so 
I told my little sister when she came here, but also I would tell all freshmen, like, don't be afraid to put yourself out there and to work for those friendships because I think, you know, maybe my freshman year, if I would have put in the time and, you know, really, really tried to meet people, maybe I would have met, you know, Marissa and Kennedy my freshman year instead of having done it during recruitment. So I think don't be afraid to work for the relationships you want and Mm -hmm. don't be afraid to start looking for the kind of people that you need. And in your don't life. be afraid if you end up with the wrong people at first, too. Oh, yeah. Because everyone's I mean, in the same boat. Yeah, everybody's looking for friends, and everybody, I mean, like, sororities are huge. Like, I think that's yeah. the thing. It's not what they used, like, I, my mom's like, I was friends with everybody, and my aunt is like, I was friends with everybody, but that's like, pledge classes are so much bigger nowadays. Oh, I had 23 people in my pledge. Yeah. I mean, I might follow them all on Instagram. Yeah. Right. But yeah. yeah, like, follow me back. Yeah. <laughs> you probably won't, like, you, there will probably be a few girls that you just don't really click with at first. Oh, of course. And that's of okay. Course. We know, and Viv, you said something, um, you said, don't be afraid to put yourself out there. And so I want all of you, the, the three of you to remember this and everyone listening to this show in any age, don't be afraid to put yourself out there in sorority, college, professionally, emotionally. And I mean, with your children, when you have your children, don't be afraid to put yourself out there and speak up too. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I just love you girls. <laughs> my goodness. So you're my sisters. You're my little sweet girls. And I will. Let's make a, let's, let's promise each other that we'll come back. Yes. And what, because things will change in the oh, next couple of months. Yes, and they will. Back sure. And we'll just, we'll do this again. And okay, real quickly. And because I do want to discuss your majors and your hopes and dreams with your career. So I do want to talk about that next time. So Kennedy, you are at, on Instagram. Um, at Kennedy Addison with two N's. Okay. Follow her. And on TikTok if you'd like to follow <laughs> if you'd like to follow my TikTok, Kennedy Collins 99. Before it gets banned. Oh, oh yeah. I um keep all my usernames the same, which thank God yeah. freshman year Marissa was smart enough to do that. <laughs> um I'm Marissa A. Stacy. So in the middle there is two A's and no E in Stacy. No E in Stacey. No E. Everybody puts the E. <laughs> and then I'm just at Vivian Noid, keeping it keeping it simple. There's a lot of, not many Vivian Noids in the world, so I don't have to get too creative. <laughs> That's right. And everyone, please go and um, go to YouTube because we're really trying to get up in that Apple and um, podcast world and subscribe and tell us what you think. And if you have any questions or ideas and follow me at Tiffany C. Blackman on Instagram and everyone have a wonderful day. Have a great school year, however that may look and keep being fabulous. <laughs> <laughs>